The Law School Show. Helping you navigate the law school experience with resources and opportunities curated for your success. Catch it all here, right now, on the Student Life Series. The Student Life Series is brought to you by LexisNexis. LexisNexis supports future lawyers. Excel in your law school studies and kickstart your legal career with Lexis Advanced Quick Law. Register for your complimentary ID at LexisNexis.ca slash law schools. Plus, earn star rewards, points, and prizes while you learn. Enter the secret code RESEARCH for 250 bonus points, now through April 30th. Welcome back. Today's podcast is hosted by me, Nina Elnajar. I am a student at Osgoode Hall. I'm currently in 2L, and today we're going to be discussing how to be a research assistant and what comes with the job. I am currently a research assistant in bankruptcy law, and I'm also joined today by two fellow research assistants, one former who is now an articling student and one current law student as well. So I'll pass it on to them to introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Yasmin, and I'm currently a 1L at the Lincoln Alexander School of Law here in Toronto. I became an RA um, this past January. Um, I was offered the position. Yeah, in terms of my interests, um, I'm really into IP law, criminal law, international law. Um, As I'm a 1L, I'm still sort of experimenting and exploring, but um, I definitely have a wide range of interests, and I'm excited to be on this show. Thank you so much, Yasmin. And we're also joined today by Ryan Pistorius. Ryan, do you want to introduce yourself and what you're up to right now? Sure. Uh, So uh, as you said, I'm an articling student right now in Ottawa at Nelly Gunn O'Brien Payne. Um, I was a research assistant while I was a student at the University of Ottawa, uh, starting in my first year. I think I started in October of my first year, so a little earlier than most people start, and that had its ups and downs, um, which we can talk about as as the podcast goes on, Uh, and then into my second year uh, as well. Yeah, it was a a good experience. My interests are mostly on the international side and the corporate commercial side. Um, so international commercial arbitration is kind of my, my main area of interest thus far, but I'm branching out into uh, investor state arbitration and general commercial litigation as well on a domestic scene. And so it's, it's been interesting, but my research experience was kind of in a, in a different area in IP as well. And so, yeah, we'll talk about that, I guess. Great. Lots to talk about from both of you. Uh, so I guess I'll start with my first question, uh, and I'll answer first as well, since I'm an RA too, uh, which is just, you know, how did you find the RA position? How did you apply and what did that entail? So on my end, I was fortunate enough to just come across the opportunity in class. I was taking bankruptcy law in the fall term of my 2L year, and the professor had just posted that they were looking for student help on a project, and it quickly turned into a part-time RA position, which I'm currently doing now. So if Yasmin, you want to go first and just let us know how you came across the position and then Ryan, if you can follow up too, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. So the way I got this position was actually um, quite unique and I didn't apply for it and it wasn't um, made available to anyone. So essentially there's a story behind it. Coming into the Lincoln Alexander School of Law, it's a newer law school. So there's plenty of opportunities to start clubs and societies. And so I I founded the International Law Society at my school. And through doing that, I was able to make connections with different professors and faculty who specialize in the area of international law. And I got in touch with him um, just to be a speaker at one of our panel events, since he has so much um, experience in the world of international law. 
And so as me and him got to talking, um, he actually reached out to me and he said, hey, you know, I've been looking for a research assistant. Is this something you'd be interested in? And so, so essentially, long story short, the way I got my research assistant position was purely through luck and, um, and networking. And of course, you know, there's different ways you can obtain an RA position. And most of the time, you're going to have to apply for it. Um, but my, my unique circumstances goes to show that you can definitely get into the world of RAing in a multitude of different ways. Yeah, thank you, Yasmin. And if I can just follow up, as a 1L, it must have been daunting to kind of, you know, reach out to professors and set up these clubs. How did you go about contacting professors and just establishing those relationships so early on in your law school career? Do you want to speak to that? Yeah, so I I, I agree. I mean, it it certainly must be daunting for some people. I, I didn't mind. I was pretty eager coming in and I was really adamant about starting this club because I knew that the law school didn't have one. And um, I think a lot of credit goes to the Lincoln Alexander Student Society. Um, So they sort of govern all the clubs at the school. And um, the president, Nick, and um, the VP of Social, Deb, those two were very helpful. And they suggested to me, why don't you reach out? And I said, okay, you know what, I will. And so, you know, I sent him an email and yeah, I think I think like what I'd recommend to, to anyone wanting to network with professors is not to be shy. I mean, certainly at my law school, and I know this is, you know, common among most law schools in our areas, they're, they're all willing to help. All professors are willing to help you out. And um, it's very rare that they're just going to ignore you. Networking with professors is very different to networking with, you know, reaching out to firms in Toronto, for example, where you might get ignored, or you likely will get ignored most of the time. But reaching out to professors, it's very different. They're they're always going to be happy to help. Yeah, that's a great point to look within your academic community and see the opportunities there. Thanks for speaking to that, Yasmin. Ryan, do you want to share how you came across your position and what led you there? Sure. Uh, And I would first echo that point that I think professors are really uh, an underutilized resource it's it's so much easier and even just less intimidating I, I mean i won't i won't comment on the success rates because i'm sure that varies depending on the market and the school um but it's just much less intimidating i think uh to reach out to your professors and ask them for advice uh on you know a particular area of law or building a particular career i mean i i'd reached out to a professor within I mean, during the orientation uh, and we'd spoken within a week about trying to to build a career whereas it wasn't until probably you know second year that I was reaching out to, to law firms so I, I agree with that approach if, if being an RA is something that interests you um, or you know even don't focus on it so so rigidly as you know an RA position just if you're interested in a topic area if you want to learn more if you want to maybe help out with some research it might not be something as formal as an RA ship it might just be, well, hey, I've got something that that's going on. Do you want to help out with this, or do you want to get some exposure in this, or whatever? Um, and so, you know, reach out and look for those opportunities. For me, the the formal RA ship came from um, you know a feeling that's probably quite common amongst law students, which is um, a lot of financial stress uh, coming into law school. You realize, yeah, how how expensive this thing is, and uh, Agreed. <laughs> a little scary. And so I was trying to find a way to, you know, make some money and be able to afford law school, but also 
um, you know, develop my legal skills and, and build my resume so that, you know, I could be competitive when recruitment came along eventually. And uh, so I started applying to, to postings that were on the, the university's website um, and actually spoke with one professor uh, who remained nameless, but he, he and I spoke about my areas of interest and, and um, what I might like to do and why I was interested in being an RA. And he didn't actually have a space for me, but he referred me to one of his colleagues who, uh, who did have a space and who was kind of looking for an RA to take over when his graduated uh, at the end of, of the year. And so um, that professor that, that he referred me to, a, a lovely man by the name of Dr. Chidi Aguamanam, he was my contract professor as it happened. And so I basically just pestered him after contracts class <laughs> repeatedly for, for a month or two, um, you know, in terms of whether there was any opportunity for me to help out with, with any of his work, with any of his projects. Um, in particular, there were two projects, the uh, Open Air, which is the Open African Innovation Research Network, which looks at, at developing IP in Africa, uh, and ABS Canada, which is uh, an access and benefit sharing focused research project um, looking at uh, Indigenous-centric IP rights uh, in Canada and, and abroad. And so trying to help out with either of those basically just kept kept bothering him and, and you know, it reminds me of that phrase: the the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Um, sometimes you just you gotta you gotta take up space and be like, hey, I'm here. I wanna I wanna do this. I wanna help. And eventually, people will give you those. There you go. <laughs> um, and so he brought me on, and and the rest is history. Great. Yeah, hard work is key, and persistence is key, and Absolutely. it just goes to show, you know, networking is helpful because it might not be the first person you reach out to, but maybe the person they refer you to that gives you that opportunity. So it's so it's great to see that. And you, you both kind of touched on this, but I did want to discuss, did you pick a position that was related to an area of law that you had a particular interest in, or were you willing to take on you know, any area, just any position, and just your deciding factors in becoming an RA? I'm happy to speak to this uh, first, Jasmine, if, if um, that's good by you. For, for me, I will admit that, so I was drawn to this particular RA-ship, actually not so much because of the area of work, although IP is an area that's, that's of interest to me, but more because the work of the Open Air Network um, touched on, on some South African work and, and my family's from South Africa. And so that, that to me kind of stood out and was like, oh, hey, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, and, it's a great connection. Kind of cool. yeah. um, and so that's why it, it jumped out to me. But I will admit, you know, for me, again, a large part of the motivation in finding that RA ship so early on, I mean, I was looking, we had orientation, and in the evenings, I was looking for an RA ship, which I know is earlier than most people do. I was really feeling the, the, the squeeze, feeling the pressure, um, and, and really quite stressed and, and nervous about trying to make sure that I could fund my law school studies. And so for me, no, like it wasn't, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be picky, you know, um, I wasn't trying to say, well, I'm only going to take on a position in, in this area of interest. And my interests you know, evolved, as I think many students do um, over the course of my law school experience. And I realized that, you know, actually my interests are, are kind of more in this area or in this area. Um, but I still valued that experience that I had as an RA, both in terms of the, the general research and, and administrative uh, experience, 
um, and also just in terms of the relationships and, and doors that, that it opened for me down the road. Yeah, I totally agree. I entered an RA ship in bankruptcy when I'm really interested in IP. And at first I was a little nervous because it wasn't related to my interests, but I quickly grew to love the field and it kind of opened my eyes to this idea that I could maybe do more than one area of law, or perhaps I should look into a sort of full service style of work. So I think that's a great point that sometimes not being picky could expose you to new topics that you never knew existed or you never knew you could be interested in. Yasmin, do you want to share your experience as well? Yeah, so so I would agree with all that. I think, you know, if I was to apply for a position, um, I would definitely be flexible. And, you know, as, as I mentioned, I am a 1L, so my interests right now are very broad, and I, I am looking to, to explore all different facets. But for me, I mean, based on my networking and based on the way I acquired this position, this is a field that I'm very interested in international law, especially with what's going on in the world right now. There, there is some really interesting stuff that I'm helping out with in terms of the research. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I think you can go both ways, right? It's awesome to take a position in something you're really interested in, of course, because you're going to enjoy doing it, but it's also good to explore and experiment at the end of the day, it's very research-based. It's not like, you know, it's it's not super, um, how should I put it? I mean, it, it's research and and you're sort of learning at the same time, you know? So so it's a great way, I'd say, to, to get experience in different fields. And your professor's there for guidance. Um, if you ended up hating, completely hating the subjects that you got yourself into, I mean, you just, yeah, it's a contract position. So I would definitely say there's benefits to, to practicing, to taking an RA ship and something you're interested in versus sort of something you're not too familiar with just yet. Yeah, that's a great point on having the professor there as guidance. You know, it's interesting because you can build this like one-on-one relationship that you don't always get in the workplace. Can I just add on something to that though? Um, you know, I, I I agree with everything that that, that Yasmin said. The, the comment I want to make is just to to those people who think, okay, well, I, I need to get something, anything, you know, is it can be uh, kind of a double-edged sword. Um, and, I, and I saw this with recruitment as well, you know, where it's wonderful to to take on a position and, and you go in with an open mind, you can learn a lot from, from any position. But sometimes it's not a, a bad thing if you don't get a posting immediately, you know, if you can't get one of the, the RA ships that that's open, that's uh, the university is hiring for at the beginning of the year or, or whatever it happens to be, because it means you're available still further down the road. Um, and so, Yasmin, when you were describing, you know, your experience of, of you know, having an RA ship effectively created for you, if you were already, you know, an RA and, and already kind of swamped with work, then those opportunities close off a little. And so I, I think it's important to note for any students who are, who are trying to become an RA um, that it's not kind of a, oh, well, this is the way you do it. There's one recruitment phase. If you miss that, you're you know out of luck. Too bad, so sad. It it can actually be a bit of a, a blessing in disguise because you have the experience of going through the process and you have the experience, much like re- with recruitment, of applying and, and kind of figuring out what you're interested in. But there will be other opportunities down the line. It's not a, you know, take anything you get. This is your only chance kind of thing. You know, I don't have a fear monger or anything like that. Yes, you bring up an excellent point. Gasmin, would you like to add? Yeah, no, no, I agree. And and I like the analogy to um, sort of like the recruit. And I think a lot of students get discouraged, you know, even in the one all recruit, the two all recruit, you know, it can be very discouraging for people when they put so much effort 
into the application process. But at the end of the day, your application, any application process you go through in law school, whether that's for an RA position or a recruit position, it's all beneficial, right? You, you get that sort of practical practice, if you will. And I think it's important. And, you know, I, I definitely would agree, like, don't settle for, for anything and, and don't get discouraged if you don't get something that you want. Um, yeah, no, I think those are all fantastic points. Yes. And, you know, full disclosure, I applied to a ton of RA positions in first year and was not lucky, but the position I have now is in a field that I'm starting to love. And I've been given a lot of interesting tasks and have contacted lawyers from all across Canada to help out. So it's been a great experience. And I'm really thankful that what I didn't get in 1L helped me get what I got right now. And just on that note, I was wondering if you could both speak to some of the tasks that you were able to do, even if just in a general sense, to just get our listeners thinking about what a day in the life of an RA could look like. Yeah, so I guess I can um, start off. So um, it's a typical RA position, um, and I think mine is mixed with a little bit of sort of general assistant work too. So on the research side, I help out with creating research proposals doing general research for articles um, and helping publish them. And yeah, so the typical research stuff on that side. And then I also help out with events and um, sort of liaising with um, contacts for events. So it's, it's a sort of mix of stuff for me, both research and sort of general admin stuff that I do. Yeah, mine, uh, mine involved a lot of the similar you know, obviously the research and, and, and admin role, um, it was strange because in some ways, you know, my role was was both doing the research and, and assisting with that. And then also with respect to the ABS Canada project specifically uh, as a sort of project manager. And so it was almost more of a of an administrative leadership role where I'm I was managing other RAs and trying to you know, ensure the research was getting done and assigning research tasks and then also working on, on ethics reporting and, and, you know, the back end of the website and kind of a smorgasbord of, of different tasks. And I think that that is, you know, representative. Uh, different RA ships will, will be very different in scope, um, just as different legal positions will be very different in scope. You know, what, what one person needs from their RA is going to be quite different than what another person needs. Um, so you just take everything as, as it comes and find the, uh, transferable skills from any work that you do uh, and then spin that into into your next opportunities. Yes, agreed. I feel like every week I'm doing something different and it keeps me on my toes from just researching to some of the admin stuff to creating presentations using software I've never used before. It's been a great experience to try out all these things and it keeps it really interesting on my end. So it's great to see that we all have that experience. No, I, I was just going to add that, uh, you know, you say software you never had to use before. I I did not. I came into law school quite happy in not knowing anything about WordPress, and, and quite bizarrely, you know, throughout my three years <laughs> of, of law school, I'd say one of the transferable skills <laughs> that I pulled out of it was was a detailed understanding of how WordPress works, both from that and and from eventually from my work with the Ottawa Law Review. It it, it was a, a surprising acquisition that I did not think would come out of law school, but was required in that RA work. So it, it is strange what you learn. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, that's part of this reason I'm hosting this episode is just to show all the opportunities that could come from just the research assistant title. I think it's really interesting to see how it could transform. And the work of being an RA and just any tips you have for students who may be struggling to juggle all of that. 
<laughs> oh, I see the laugh. <laughs> uh, the, the, the question, how do you balance everything? Or as best as you can, if I should edit the question. <laughs> yeah, per, I mean, perhaps. I, I think that's, Yasmin, if you, if you have some pearls of wisdom, I mean, I'll, I'll happily defer to you if, if you found the solution to this. I did not. Um, you know, I think the challenge throughout law school is really a, I mean, it is a balancing act. You, you seem to never have enough time to do all of, you know, all of the readings and, and, uh, and whatnot for your courses, and then also your extracurriculars, and then also your work on the side, and then also, you know, if you're participating in structured recruitment once, once 2L rolls around. And so it really, I mean, it, 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 it's almost kind of an exercise in, in understanding, not letting the ball drop, but where you can put the ball down for a moment and say, okay, I'm going to focus on this now. Um, I mean, I remember times uh, as a first year RA when, you know, I was in class and I would get an email from my um, supervisor uh, and it would, it would say, Hey, I, I need something, you know, reviewed ASAP. Um, and, and perhaps I shouldn't be admitting this on a podcast, but I would spend the class rather than, uh, you know, learning about whatever the, the topic happened to be that day, I would spend this class you know, working on, on this, this assignment and trying to get it done because I really wanted to, you know, wanted to impress and, and had this deliverable that I felt, okay, this is, this is urgent. Um, and then I would kind of catch up on my, on my class later and, you know, focus on the readings and, and, uh, and get the notes from whoever I, you know, I could rely on. And so it, I mean, it's different for everyone. Um, one of the things that I really tried to focus on going through uh, law school and, and particularly once I started mooting and, and then uh, coming into articling and eventually into practice has been kind of the, the time management and being able to juggle all of those things. And I don't know that there's a single, you know, one size fits all fix that that's here's how you balance your RA ship with your other commitments. It really depends on, on, you know, what the situation is, what those other commitments are, how urgent those other commitments are, what the consequences are of not doing one or the other of those commitments in that moment, um, and what the positive, you know, consequences are, you know, what the advantages are of, of doing one of these other things in that moment. You know, if you have a, a, a research paper that's due, obviously that's going to be much more important in that moment than, uh, than finishing up a, a blog post for your, for your RA ship, um, and vice versa. You know, if you're about to go to publication with your professor, um, maybe that does need to be done instead of, you know, focusing on, on that class, even though you should obviously always go yes. to class, focus on class. Maybe, maybe there are sometimes trade-offs. And I think that's a practical reality that you kind of have to have to recognize. Yeah, that's a good perspective. And I like some of the words you use there, focusing on, you know, what is the deliverable that needs to get done and what are the consequences of not doing it is perhaps the better perspective than just a balance. And because it can be very complicated, but it's good to know that you were able to manage and are still working. So very hopeful for us. Yasmin, do you want to speak? Yeah, go ahead. Ryan made some very um, good points, some very accurate points. Um, I think another thing, it, it really depends on, you know, your professor and your specific RA ship. And I think um, I'm lucky in the sense that mine is flexible. And, you know, I mean, of course, I have demands to meet, but he's also cognizant of the fact that I am a student and, and I am in 1L and I'm still in that sort of transition process. But it, it can get a lot like, you know, I'm going to be blunt, like it can be very overwhelming. And, you know, there's been some very, some weeks have been more overwhelming than others. And I think for me personally, going into law school, I really, uh, I really honed in on my work ethic. And I, and I became one of those people who sort of 
tries to do everything early, tries to stay on top of things. Um, and, and I don't know how I developed that personality actually, because in undergrad I was, you know, biggest procrastinator ever. And even in high school, you know, I could always do things at the last minute, but I think when I came into law school and even in my last few years at university, my personality transitioned into the more like type A, you know, get everything done early and then you have time to edit sort of that, that type of mindset. And it's definitely not easy. I know for a lot of people, you know, it's it's not easy to develop that mindset. But I really, really tried. And to be honest, that's what keeps me sane. Just like doing things at the last minute, it just made me so stressed out that I just had to change, you know, the way I approach things. And I think that is how now I'm able to balance everything. Just making sure I really stay on top of it, but also designate a break for myself. Like, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, I make sure I relax, do something social, you know? So yeah, Ryan, uh, you want to weigh in? I, I just, I wanted to, to agree with like just wholeheartedly with, with the point that at a certain point you need to make, you know, your own limits basically. Uh, you know, there's, there's that, um, that saying, you know, people, uh, people like have the, have the expectations that you allow them to, to have basically, and, and, you know, what your boundaries are and where you're willing to, to compromise and where you're, you know, where you're standing strong and saying, no, I need this time to work on school or no, I need this time to, you know, to recharge, you know, to, to, to take some time away at a certain point, you know, you need to, to be able to stand up and, and say that. And you know, that involves talking with your supervisor and, and uh, trying to figure out what, what their needs are and what's practical and, you, know, you don't want to just keep going and going and going until you burn out. So I just I, I I agree entirely with that sentiment that at a certain point you also need to be the one to to kind of say, hey, here here's what I can do and you know communicate. Here's what I can't do and here's when and when I I can or cannot do it. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think the the sort of well being aspect is so important to emphasize too. Like you know you you're not going to get through law school if your mental health is suffering and. Unfortunately, if you're if you're overwhelmed by Absolutely. a billion different obligations and tasks, your mental health is going to suffer. And, you know, you have to you have to do what you need to do to take time for yourself. At the same time, you know, as when you're balancing an RA ship and school, it's not not always easy to be like, oh, I'm going to take a day off for my mental health. You know, I'm going to go out and do something fun. Like, you know, you can't yeah. realistically, you can't like, I wouldn't recommend to someone, Oh, take a whole day off, you know, but, but that's just me being, you know, giving some tough love, but you do still need to, to take, you know, like an hour, an hour or two for yourself, like even during the week and, and, and structure it to your, to, to the way it works for you. Right. Like for me, a Saturday night, that's like my time that I've designated for myself to to go out do something fun with friends that's like a weekly routine for me and I found that works perfectly for me so it really depends on the type of person you are maybe for you it's a Monday morning going on an hour-long walk right it really depends on the person but just find a way to give yourself that that little bit of social time or even if it's just alone time just doing nothing you need to allocate some some sort of break for yourself 
yeah, that's part of the balance for sure. Making time for yourself, but also making time for your tasks. Constant struggle, but like you guys mentioned, time management, prioritizing is key. And communicating as well. As you mentioned, Yasmin, professors are often cognizant that we are still students. And so if you can communicate to them the times you're particularly busy or overloaded and try to find a compromise, not necessarily just pushing off your tasks, I think that's key. And most of the time, I found that professors do understand. That's something that I think carries over into practice as well Is you know, one of the things that that I'm realizing is that you you won't have time to do everything that is asked of you, whether it's by senior lawyers or by clients, at the exact moment you're asked. Uh, I mean, it, it's it would literally be impossible. Um, but that's not that's great not it. what a lot of people are looking for, right? They're they're looking to make sure that that they've been heard, that you know you're you're on it, you're taking care of them, like they don't have to worry about it. And so sometimes it really is as simple as sending an email back and saying, "Hey, I've heard you." You know, I'm I'm not able to look at this right now, but I will respond in more depth later, or I will you know get this to you by next week, or just communicating back to them. Hey, I, I this hasn't been lost. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, I, I I've heard you, and I'm gonna deal with it. I just I can't do it literally right now. And that, and, that, and that's it because people are reasonable. They understand that there are limits to, to how everyone uses time, yeah. right? And so it's it's a skill that, exactly. that is useful in the future. Yeah, and just on that note, Ryan, could you speak a little to maybe some of the skills you picked up in being an RA that have transferred to now you working in a firm and just any skills you found that were really useful? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, the, the, it's a different, it's a very different, it's a different set of demands between being an RA and being an articling student. Um, in particular, my my role as kind of the project manager was was different still because, of course, I was directing people. And so um, you know, as an articling student, you're receiving instructions from a lot of different lawyers and trying to kind of balance, you know, who, who you're responding to, who you're prioritizing. Uh, and it can really be a challenge. As an RA, you have kind of one master for, for lack of a better phrase. And so it's, it's much easier to, to say, okay, this is the person <laughs> I'm listening to right now. Um, exactly. And so you have to balance it obviously with your courses and whatnot, but it's a little easier yes, because but you're going you can, to you yeah. kind of mentally compartmentalize. Um, now, of course, once you graduate, you don't have to worry about the courses anymore. It's once you're an article student, you can just kind of be like, okay, well, now instead of having multiple courses, I just have multiple lawyers that I'm doing work for. But I do find it's it's harder because you don't get to kind of settle into it as much. Um, you know, it's one lawyer will have one task, you'll do that, and then you won't speak to that lawyer again for another couple of weeks. You know, and then a different lawyer will have another task, and so you don't get into the same kind of rhythm you do in school where you have you know, five classes and then your RE ship and, you know, a club or two or something, right? Um, so it, it can be challenging. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that the RE ship kind of taught me was the importance of the human element of law. Um, you know, we were working with stakeholders and with members of government and with professors at other schools. And um, I realized how much of know law and research and you know, the practice of law the development policy all of that how much it's not it's a people-driven uh, industry and so those kind of relationships and those connections building those connections getting to know people being able to work with them over the long term that's incredibly important um, and I think that's that has remained true even as I've I've gone into articling and and uh, and seen you know private practice from you know, from, from an articling position at least. So that's, I think that's the, the, the biggest takeaway for me is I 
you know, you can sometimes think of law as being very cold. You're spending all your academic time looking at books and decisions and kind of thinking in the abstract. And an RA-ship is a really nice way to kind of dip your toe into the application of law, to actually be able to see, okay, this is what this means. This is what the, the impact of this is on a day-to-day -day basis. It's a, it's a little bit like a clinic or a moot or, or those kind of things where you're able to apply things more directly um, and appreciate the law a little bit more. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, funnily enough, when I was taking bankruptcy as a course, I found it very challenging and it was really frustrating to understand. But then in doing the RA work, I saw that application and how some of the work we're doing affects, you know, the average consumer. And that connection really helped me understand that area of law better and appreciate it more. So I do think, like you said, the RA is a great way to get that practical experience and just apply what you're doing in your class every day. Absolutely. Especially if you're someone who learns by doing, as I do. Yes. Um, it really makes it a lot more alive and a lot more engaging. For sure. And just as we wrap up, I'd love to hear some of the highlights that both of you have experienced in being an RA, maybe a cool task that you were given or an event you got to go to. If you could just speak to that and just tell us some of the fun of being an RA, if there was any. Yeah, so I guess I can start off, obviously, um, you know, Ryan, Ryan may have, you know, some better insight because he's done this already. And I have only been doing this for a couple months now, but it has been a great experience. I've loved it. And I think one of one of my favorite things has actually been been able to like I've been able to talk to a lot more of the faculty. I've been I've been able to meet faculty members that I wouldn't even have expected to meet just from all these different tasks. You know, I have to go talk to this person then, oh, you can find out this from that person or let's contact this person to get this done. So I found that through my specific RA position, I've gotten to meet so much of the faculty at my law school and who knows that might you know help me with opportunities down the road so I think that's been one of the coolest things and and also you know the the research the event planning all of this stuff is it's it's all fascinating especially as a 1L like being having the opportunity to just be behind some of this stuff it's it's very exciting and yeah it's it's rewarding I mean any any position you you take in law school that that's sort of helping out a professor helping out the school it's it's great experience and it's very rewarding yeah I would I would echo that I mean it's you know you see it's a little bit like sometimes if you if you watch political shows you see the politicians doing whatever they do and then you see all of the staff who actually make things happen um, and I, I'm not trying to, to throw shade at the professors or anything like that. Um, more, I just mean, it's really nice to be able to to see and experience the kind of underpinnings. And so you understand what a huge administrative bureaucracy in, in a good way. I mean, you know, what exists, the, all the structures that exist, all the people that, that work so hard on a daily basis to ensure that law schools function and you get to appreciate them and work with them and get to know them. I think really as well as you can, perhaps with the the exception of if you're working in student government where you're where you're you know entirely reliant on them. Um, so it's it's really a, a wonderful experience to see that. You know, in terms of for me the the things that stood out. I mean, there are there are rewarding opportunities. You know, if you can if you can find op opportunities to publish, opportunities to research, those are are wonderful. There are those kind of experiential opportunities that you know stay with you. You know, I, I still have students. One of the the things I I worked on was um, updating the uh, the contracts casebook for this this professor. 
Uh, and then again, this is, I wasn't really doing research in this, but because he was also the contracts professor. Yeah, just the task that, that's thrown in yeah. there for fun. Exactly. So, so I, had, I had students in, in subsequent years come to me and say, hey, I saw your name. You were on the contracts book for, you know, updated by, uh, it, was, it was myself and, and another, um, another RA. Uh, and so that was fun. Um, but I think the, the story that comes to mind for me, and perhaps this is a uniquely Ottawa experience, is we had a, a judicial delegation from Nigeria, uh, from Lagos. It was it was a really cool experience to go to the to the, the ambassador's uh, house and and to go to the the embassy or the high commission rather and see kind of you know behind the scenes and, and diplomatic approaches. But the the fun part was taking a diplomatic car from the high commission back to. Uh, the Chateau Laurier, where um, we were being dropped off. And as we were getting out uh, of this car with diplomatic plates and everything, uh, Elizabeth May, then the leader of the Green Party, um, was yelling at someone in front of us for having stolen her her taxi or something. I mean, in, in, a, in a joking way, I think. But And then while me and the other RA were sitting in the Chateau Laurier waiting for the next event, uh, Stephen Harper walked in uh, with, um, with some advisors. And it, it was a, a bit of a... Yeah, it was a bit of a strange experience and in no way related to the actual RA ship, but it was just kind of one of those things that was was created by consequence of, okay, well, we had this delegation coming that we were helping to organize and uh, and then, you know, we ended up there and and it was just kind of fun. And so you you do get these fun stories, you know, um, you know, you you interact with the professors in in very human ways um, and, and that's nice. It really reminds you that these are, these are people too, and that's lovely. And so it's, you know, it, it is what you make of it at the end of the day, right? And you'll have good experiences, you'll have bad experiences, but what you take out of it is ultimately yours to decide. Very well put. And there you go. You might just run into the prime minister if you decide to be an RA. You never know. <laughs> that, no, he, he wasn't the prime minister at that point. It was Trudeau already was the prime oh, minister. Oh, right. There I, you I, go. I yeah. He wasn't even in opposition anymore. So, um, you know, it was a, a weird auto experience. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very Ottawa, but not to say that couldn't happen to anyone. (laughs) So I just wanted to know if you guys had any closing words of wisdom for any potential students looking for an RA position and just anything that comes to mind that you maybe wish you knew going into the position. Um, I I would say just breathe. Um, I mean, it's a little bit like recruitment. Uh, You know, an RA ship is a wonderful experience, but it is one experience within law school. Um, There are countless different paths that you could take through law school that will make law school a meaningful experience for you and will help you in your career. Um, an RA ship is one of them. What that looks like depends on the professor, depends on the student, depends on the school, depends on the subject matter, all of that, but it's also just one you know, category of paths. Student government, clinic work, mooting, you know, just working on the side, you know, doing something not law related. All of these are different paths to, to kind of get through law school and have a meaningful experience and come out the other side, you know, either wanting to be a lawyer or with a bunch of legal knowledge, but deciding you want to go in a different path. No choice here is invalid or, or less than the others. So if you want to be an RA, fantastic, go to. There are so many different ways to do it, whether that's through formal structures or, or informal networking opportunities. But it's also just one path. And don't put too much pressure on yourself to, to take on that path specifically. You will have a legal career. You will be successful even if you're not an RA. It's fine. So I think that's, that's, that's the main advice is just yeah. breathe. Very well put. 
Yes, we all have a unique path. And I think something that you both touched on was just to engage in your school community, whether it is through being an RA or just contacting each other or just setting up events and inviting people to come. I think the RA opportunity is one way to just get connected, but there are so many other ways and just try to make law school an enriching experience in any way you can. Yeah, just to add on to that, I think too, like, um, you know, my experience or my RA-ship came through networking and it just goes to show that through networking you can be presented different opportunities and this doesn't mean you know the networking that you know is typical of the definition of networking like talking to Toronto firms reaching out to lawyers you know you can also go about it within your law school talking to faculty and you will be amazed at the opportunities that can come your way just from liaising within your law school rather than feeling that pressure of having to be on Bay Street. And, you know, that might be for you, but for for those of you who maybe don't want to lean in that direction, there's many opportunities within the school that can get your foot through various doors. Definitely. There's various doors ahead for everyone. So I'd just like to thank you both again. That was Yasmin Thompson and Ryan Pistorius. And my name is Mina Allinger, and I was your host for the Student Life Series. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks. You've just been listening to The Law School Show, Student Life Series. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our website, thelawschoolshow.com. If you like what you've heard, give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram for the latest updates. Curated resources and opportunities to help you navigate the law school experience in every episode. Catch it all here next time on the Student Life Series.